Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. Let's rock and roll here. I've got a new Substack up on the AmericanClassroom.substack.com. Bounce over there and check it out if you're interested. It is titled A Coming Deviation from the Standard. Theme is October EBS Alert, Cell Phones 5G, and The Coming Illnesses. I tie in a number of different things, but again, it's pretty much some of the things that I've brought up here on the show. It really, I think, uh, again, highlights what could possibly happen here with a widespread EBS signal, 5G towers being kicked into overdrive. Again, I have no proof that that would be the case, but then again, why else are they up? We know that they have nothing to do with cell phones, per se. We know that they are a weapon. That they were created, of course, by the Department of Defense and, of course, all of their sister companies and associated conglomerates, such as Lockheed Martin. We know that 5G radiation is remarkably harmful. And if you take all of those things into consideration, you know, who's to know? But like I say in the article, I think that the buoy in the water is going to be what occurs with illness on the day of and then the days following. And I specifically highlight days, if not just a few weeks after the fact. Again, among the individuals who are jabbed, we know that the nanotechnology is within them. We don't know how many, but we certainly know that it's there. And we know that that's not going to have a positive impact when you combine it with 5G electromagnetic radiation. That's that's not going to be a good thing. Again, if you want to go back and listen to the talk with Mark Steele, when he was on the show, I hyperlink it within the Substack article also. Again, that, that content is there. Plenty of information, again, on the internet about the harms of 5G and, and what it really does to people and what it really is not. Again, people, even local politicians, have no idea that there are endless lawsuits that have existed all across the world to get rid of 5G, to get it out of their towns and their cities. And even, of course, citizens have sawed down the, the 5G towers, set them on fire, and gotten rid of them where they live because, again, they know that they are harmful. And there have been endless studies regarding 5G, again, in particular when it comes to people feeling ill effects such as restlessness, body aches, so on and so forth, and then they remove themselves from these wireless environments and from these 5G environments as well, and they end up losing all of these negative symptoms almost instantly. So it's undeniable. The question is, again, we'll, it's not even a question. We know that they're pushing a brand new jab that is not a booster shot. It is something completely different, certainly equally, if not more deadly than the other ones that people have taken. That's not going to get better with time. They're normalizing all of that insanity. But the 5G is one of those invisible weapons. It's just an invisible enemy, and, and it's right there in front of people's faces, but they can't see it. They, they have no idea what it is. They actually think it's for cell phone reception or faster internet. It doesn't matter you know, what phone you have. It doesn't matter how new the phone is. I have an iPhone 8 Plus. It's an older model, but it works perfectly. It works just as fast as an iPhone 15. So again, what are you really doing? When you, buy a new, when you buy a new cell phone, you're putting a device in your hands or on your person that has more electromagnetic radiation than previous models. So, yeah, I, I don't see 
I don't see the days after October 4th being necessarily better for the jabbed. I truly don't. And I provide some suggestions on potentially where to be and what to do on that particular day. Because again, you have to take into account there's a great deal of people who have no idea that the EBS system is even going to be lit up on that day, even though it's a scheduled alert and just a test. We know that this is being done on purpose for something down the line, either to scare people with a false flag or actually be used by the good guys for a very good reason. Again, it's hard to tell, but it's a lot of food for thought, so I encourage people to bounce over there and check that out. If you are interested, okay. Let's see. There, of course, was this. Again, same kind of thing, and I highlight this particular article in the substack, but this was from Zero Hedge, and it is titled, Apple Tells Support Staff to Remain Silent on the iPhone Radiation Concern. And this specifically had to do with the iPhone 12s. And then, of course, Apple came back and said, oh, don't worry, we're going to fix it with our, uh, you know, with a software update and everything will be fine. I'm telling you, there's way more to this, I think, than what people know. We live in a massive electromagnetic environment now. And the closer you are to a city and the closer you are to, to neighbors and sharing walls with people and everybody's got their own wireless setups within their own homes or apartments or condos or wherever it is that they live, you know, this is, this is not good. But it's something to keep in mind. And again, if, if Apple as a company is telling its support staff to not, to not talk about cell phone radiation, well... You know, that, that right there is pretty much the dead giveaway, isn't it? I mean, my mom had a tumor taken out, uh, you know, right below her right ear back when she used to use an iPhone 8 Plus. And, uh, and even before that, it was an iPhone 6. I mean, it was, you know, it was the size of, a, well, not a golf ball quite, quite that big, but, you know, it was a little smaller than a golf ball. That's, that's, kind, of a, that's kind of a big deal. And she's not the only person. This has happened with numerous people. Numerous individuals have had growths taken out of them because of cell phone radiation. Again, they carry it in their pocket. They experience hip pain. Um, you know, you heard me a while back, also not an accident, but there was a stretch there where they used to sell bathing suits with a pocket right on the pubic bone. And the pocket was for a cell phone. So you could carry your cell phone quite literally next to your genitals. I mean, <laughs> wrap your head around that one. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. I mean, they, they, they wouldn't have designed that, again, for convenience per se. Like, the best place to carry it is right below your belly button. Yes, that's the best place to carry a cell phone that's turned on. You know, so, I don't know. I provide some, just a few suggestions on what to do on October 4th. Again, I, I recommend turning everything off not paying attention to the alert, staying off the roads, staying off the highways, you know, th things of that nature. But uh, if the 5G is in play, then I think we're going to see it the days after October 4th is, is kind of the whole point. So there you go. Okay. Um, let's see here. I, I saw the James O'Keefe Maui stuff. I think that's remarkably interesting. Uh, I'm glad that he's actually talking with police and. Uh, National Guard and other individuals there, it's evident that they're all contradicting one another as to what they can and cannot do. And I'm telling you, 
if the people there don't stand up against authorities, then they're in deep, deep trouble, more so than they already are. The people there, again, and anybody, frankly, has no business giving any money to any charity. It's just the people there, as I've said from the very beginning of, of the entire direct energy weapon attack there, which is undeniable. It's absolutely undeniable. And I love how all the people who scream climate change have no idea what direct energy weapons are. And if you told them, even you know the, I don't know, the, your local liberal idiot, if you even mentioned it to them, uh, they, they would laugh you off as being some conspiracy theorist or whatever name they, they would call you. None of that works. The fact is, is anybody can look up direct energy weapons. You can look them up on BitChute, Rumble. You can type it into the Gab search bar on Gab. Same thing with Telegram. These things exist. Our government owns them. Private organizations own them. And they flat out shoot laser beams out of the bottoms of these airplanes. And they light up endless objects on a constant basis. So... This is a very real thing. I wish that James O'Keefe would cover direct energy weapons and actually get down to business with it instead of just kind of bouncing around and pointing out some of the hypocrisies among authority figures. But, you know, there's only so far I think that James O'Keefe is going to go. Yeah, he likes to talk with locals, which is great, and he likes to get footage, which is great, and then, of course, point out the hypocrisy of individuals. But Let's get down to brass tacks. It was direct energy weapons. They were attacked. The people who were still living there who, who burned with their own homes were murdered. And these are, the, these are the things that need to be brought up. And these are the things, again, I would like to hear James O'Keefe bring up. So again, if I was in his situation, and I know that I can say this, of course, I mean, I, I would hope that I would do it certainly there and on the spot. But the fact is, is that the conversation has to hit a different level now. We have to go way past pointing out the hypocrisies of politicians or law enforcement. That pretty much goes without saying. I mean, me personally, what I would like James O'Keefe to do over there while he's over there is instead of filing lawsuits and, you know, I, I don't know, running around, like I said, and pointing out the hypocrisy of, of law enforcement so that one person doesn't know what the other person is doing, which is typical, he needs to get over there and he maybe needs to start organizing the awake law enforcement. looking at those. You know, Hawaiian National Guardsmen who are who he's having conversations with are saying, yeah, man, this whole thing is horrible. It's just awful and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, the bodies are burned with the homes and we can't get in there and we can't let people in there and, you know, whatever else. He needs to start looking at them and saying, these were direct energy weapons. Do you know that? Do you know that the local politicians here are involved with the land takeover and the direct energy weapons that are going on here? Are you aware of that? I mean, he has... James O'Keefe has a role to educate the very people that he's having conversations with, not just make a video about it and then put it out for the public to see and then us in our echo chambers basically say the same kinds of things over again. Again, if I was there, I would start to organize that National Guard and say, do you guys know what this is? Do you know that the politicians are responsible for this? Again, you know, you have the governor of Maui openly say, or the mayor of Maui, whoever that guy is, uh, openly stating that they plan on using workforce housing and replacing the land with memorials and workforce housing. Well, who is that for then? Yes, that's the smart city, 15-minute city, but it's also, you know, boating in and flying in illegals. That's what all of that is. It's an invasion. 
Him, him openly saying that, again, the, I think it's the mayor of Maui, that guy openly saying that is an admission of guilt. It's an open admission that he is in on a conspiracy to land grab, which has involved murder. Th- th- that right there is the conversation James O'Keefe needs to be having with these people. If you piss off local law enforcement with the truth and they get mad, well, there's going to be division among the ranks, you would hope. And then, and then maybe they start looking at their, their quote-unquote superior officers a little bit differently. And then they tell their superior officers, hey, do you know what this is? Do you know what's going on right now? This has never happened where we live before. This has never happened on this land before. Why is this happening all of a sudden? Things need to get kicked into high gear is my whole point. We can't vote our way out of this one. Can't vote harder. Can't hit that button on the voting machine harder. That isn't going to fix it. But if things like Space Force are active and Space Force are real, then you have to assume, that, and certainly the NSA, assuming that some of them are still good guys, you have to assume that the bad guys have been caught, that the conversations that they've had about what, what, is, what is coming, what the plan is, um, what, what's going to happen the days after, how to clean up the mess and make it look like it was a complete accident and a natural event, you have to assume that those conversations have taken place. You have to assume that they have these people dead to rights. You know, one of the questions that consistently gets asked is, is if the good guys are in charge, how in the hell could the good guys let something like that happen? It's an, it, it really is an interesting question. And it does sort of give one pause. If the good guys are in control all of the time, how, how would they let a direct energy weapon fly over Lahaina, Maui and cook it? And cook selective homes, and of course, kill thousands. I, I don't think that's a movie. I think that's a real thing. I, th- I think those homes are destroyed. I think those people are dead. I, I think that's real. So, I don't know. It's a it's a perpetual cycle of just sort of madness. I think that conti- that that continuously exists. But if the conversation remains the same about the same kinds of stuff, and it doesn't kick into high gear, well. Then people are missing the point. And this too is, and, and that right there, I think, is a theme throughout much of this show because I have a great deal of education things to bring up uh, that are actually local along with the state of Ohio. But keep in mind, this is happening again across the entire United States. And this right here is continuing to happen because the people in these positions, like school boards, for example, and the people who run for these positions of school boards for upcoming elections, they're dead asleep. They're completely asleep because they aren't bringing to bear the real problems and the real conversations of what's really happened over the last three and a half years. They're not talking about it. And again, that really gives them away, does it not? It gives them away as being brainwashed. And again, it almost doesn't matter who runs for such a position. They're all going to be insolvent in the future, and they have no idea the the kind of crises that they're going to have to manage as a result of, of course, losing money and lower enrollment and people being jabbed and dying on the spot. I mean, this is going to be a perpetual thing that they're going to have to constantly try to clean up, and they're not going to know how to do it. So, yeah. Before I get into that, though, there's this, in case you wanted to get mad about something else. (laughs) 
It's, it's horrible. You'd think these people would learn their lesson, but clearly they haven't, and this proves it. Sicily sent this my way. This is from the College Fix, and it's titled ESPN to feature Professor Ibram Kendi in new show about racism in sports. That's right. Racism in sports. You know how every team is multicultural now and the vast majority of student athletes are black and uh, they're making tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars now because of the NCAA's rules regarding, uh, you know, likeness and image and name recognition and using their name and image and all of that other stuff. You know, all that racism, all that racism that just keeps existing. You know, professional sports too, and all that racism, all those multimillionaires, majority of them black, you know, all that racism, all that DEI, all, all those diversity hires, all of that racism. That's the kind of thing that they're going to discuss, apparently. I'm being sarcastic, of course. Thank you, Leon Trotsky, for the term racism. It continues to be an absolute plague. Uh, and sure enough, it's, it happens to be the largest racists that are the ones that use the term on such a constant basis, like the Ibram Kendis of the world. So it says the following, sorry for that digression, here, it's, here it goes, series will reveal how pervasive racism is in sports. A major TV streaming service, so this is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh... For the love of God, it's going to be titled Skin in the Game with Dr. Ibram X. Kendi. It will debut on ESPN Plus on September 20th, according to a news release from the network. Keep in mind, this is the same network that fired people for not taking the jabs, has lost copious amounts of money for being satanic and believing all of this political nonsense. They bent the knee at Black Lives Matter. They bent the knee to Marxism communism, and uh, yeah, and now they're bringing in this idiot. So, way to go, ESPN. I, I can't wait to uh, urinate on your ashes, because this is this is next-level stupid. But they're all brainwashed and dumb over there anyway, so I really don't care. <laughs> it says, uh, the Boston University professor who has not published an academic paper in at least four years argued in his book, How to Be a Anti-Racist. That if discrimination is created equity, is creating equity, then it is anti-racist. And if discrimination is creating inequality, then it's racist. Ooh, there's a there's a mind bender right there. Very philosophical. Very philosophical. Do you want to hear uh, the premiere of this show? Do you want to listen to this audio? Grind your teeth a little bit more. Let's do it together, shall we? In three, two, one. The intellect that's associated with being great is rarely attached to a black athlete. You better perform without any complaints. I am Dr. Ibram X. Kendi. I'm known as a scholar and anti-racist author. I spoke to athletes and experts to explore issues at the intersection of race, sports, and society today. They want black faces, but they don't necessarily want black stories. It's up to all of us to confront the racism in society and our favorite sports because we all have skin in the game. The fatigue is really taking over. It really is. It's just, it's so exhausting. The, the first woman that you heard there, 
is uh, is Jameel Hill. This is the staunch racist black female who used to work for ESPN. Wouldn't 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 be polite, and then of course got fired because again she wouldn't be polite. That that's that's why she got fired. She of course plays the victim role, and I was I was fired because I'm. A politically conscious black woman, and and that's why I got fired. No, you got fired because you work for someone else, and you weren't being polite. That's all. You weren't being polite. And when you work for someone else, and you're not polite, and they warn you and say, be polite, and you say, F you, I don't got to do nothing. Well, when you do that, you're going to get fired. That's how that works. And of course, in that little audio clip, she says, well, very rarely when it comes to black athletes, do they associate with intellect and being intellectual. Well, let's examine that briefly without, you know, spending too much time on it because it doesn't require the time. If any athlete spent a little more time talking about what really mattered instead of ball games, We might take them more seriously. That's all. We might take them a little more seriously. What they don't ever bring up, of course, is that there are endless athletes, regardless of race or regardless of where they come from, who speak the truth all of the time before, during, and after playing a particular game. So much so that the game itself takes a back seat. I mean, if anybody's ever watched a UFC fight, okay, before, during, and after, of course, a UFC fight, during the press conferences when the mics are in their, are in their faces, they are notorious for bringing up politically accurate things that people need to be aware of. Epstein Island, child trafficking, pedophiles in Hollywood. This gets brought up constantly by UFC fighters. But Jameel Hill apparently doesn't know this or doesn't want to pay attention to it. Why? Not because it's not coming from black athletes. It does in in endless cases. She doesn't want to bring it up because it goes against her comfortable delusions. It goes against the things that she believes to be correct when, in fact, she's wrong. I mean, let's face it. She's overweight. She's ugly. She's not intelligent. And she's angry about that. She's angry about all of those things, which is why she does what she does. She just yells and screams, and she gets fired from places and yells and screams and yells and screams, plays victim, and then thinks that more people are supposed to somehow listen to her. It's just a constant revolution of insanity. And if she's jabbed, well, that's not going to get better with time. So... I think that this show is going to not last long. I think that they are continuously looking for problems because that's all these people are. They are a problem. And as as such, they need a problem. So they constantly talk about problems and they make them up out of thin air, which is really the more interesting part, I think. I mean, they are creating problems <laughs> which, which don't even exist. They just exist for them because, again, keep in mind, they're always the victims. Ibram X. Kendi has sold copious amounts of books 
probably has plenty of money, and now, of course, has been hired by ESPN. So the man's not broke. Where's the inequality? Where's the so-called lack of equity then? Their hypocrisy is just incredible, and it's not going to get better with time. These people are going to continue to be insane. But again, we hold the cards. Don't watch those shows. Don't pay attention to them. And, uh, and those individuals will just, you know, they'll go back to whatever hole they came from, just screaming and yelling and complaining about made-up things. It's, uh, yeah, it's not going to go away, but just wanted to bring that to your attention that, you know, the old go woke, go broke thing is 100% true, but it's Satanism. These people are godless monsters, and they have no peace in their life, and they're never going to have it. So there you go. Okay. Now there's this. There's a local school board, <clears throat> of course, which I have referenced with regularity in the town where I live, and these nitwits have no idea what they've done, what they are doing, or what's coming, which again ties in a little bit to the old substack recently that I wrote. But uh, there are three incumbents, and there are three so-called newcomers that are coming in or attempting to come in, I should say, and unseat the incumbents. Now, before I get into this here a little bit, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I, I think it's it, it certainly deserves a revisit. You've heard me with regularity bring up the kinds of people that need committees and councils and conversations and all of this stuff. These kinds of people who need this in their lives are useless, in my opinion, and that is in large part because the position that they seek or want to hold on to is a useless position. If you want an American K-12 school to be successful, they would do well to look at the charter school model. They would do well to do that. The charter school model from an administrative standpoint is typically way smaller than that of a public school. Now, we know the public school's argument to that comment that I just made. They would say, well, we have more to manage. We have more schools and more things to oversee, and we have more to do. No, you make work. You make things hard for yourself. And then, of course, they never accept responsibility. When they hold these positions that they so desperately need because they are inadequate as people, which again is what Thomas Sowell has written about at length in numerous books, one in particular, Inside American Education. I highly recommend that book for anybody. You don't even have to have been in the education business, but it's not an accident that that book is not available to undergraduate teacher education students. If they read that book, they'd probably change majors. It's that monumental. And that book was written in the early 90s, like 91, if I'm not mistaken, is the copyright on that book. I read that book after I was out of the business. And I closed the book when I was done on the last page. I put my hands in my face and I just said, Jesus, what did I just do? I just participated in one of the most corrupt lines of work. And I knew that it was, which is why I got into it. I got into it, but like I've said before, because 
I wanted to try to change things on the inside and make things more simple. But unfortunately, that corrupt wheel will crush you. No matter what you do, no matter how right you are and how morally sound you are as a human being, it will still crush you. And it's these kinds of people who sit on these boards and seek out these positions that are perpetuating the problem. They're not actually getting down to brass tacks and taking any responsibility again for what they've done in the past. I'll prove it to you right now. There's a local outlet, which is a hard left-wing outlet. These communists know no bounds. It's called the Oxford Observer. We used to have a terrible little newspaper in this town, and then it went online with what is called now the Oxford Observer. They're not associated with one another, but uh, you know, the Oxford Observer writes hit pieces about people, and uh, you know, it's it's all just left-wing garbage. It's all it's all one-sided. So here's the first incumbent, uh, Kathleen Knight Abowitz. She's quoted uh, within this, as all of these people are, and I'll read one or two quotes from each of them and then point out their hypocrisy. Of course, they do it themselves, so it almost doesn't require any analysis. But here's what she said, quote, and keep in mind, again, locally speaking, the levy failed the last time around, which was great. They lost by over 3,000 votes, which means they're never going to find 3,000 votes. In the county where I live, they're going to raise property taxes by approximately 40%. That's going to crush people. It's going to crush businesses. It'll crush homes. I mean, it will, it will force people to work more or move. Um, it, this is not good. And the school is still looking for a levy so that they can fund all their left-wing communist programs. Everything has to be slashed. Everything. I mean, all of it. All the sports, all that stuff. If you want to play sports, you fund it. You know, get together with other parents and do it yourself and, and whatever else. But, I mean, you know my take on this. I want the whole thing to fold nationwide. And it's these kinds of dummies that are actually, you know, perpetuating their own problem, which I find hilarious. So here's, here's one quote she said, and this had to do with their financial situation. She said that the financial situation is on the ballot and some people wrongly blame the current board. See, she's not accepting any responsibility. She says the following, quote, some people are charging the school board with not being careful with the money and running into deficit spending and that it's the incompetence of the current board. However, she said voters haven't passed an operating levy for the Talawanda School District in 18 years. She wrapped up and said, quote, We have a great school district, and there's so many exciting things happening amid the problems. It's very inspiring to work on, and it's something that touches every family in the community, unquote. No. You are responsible, because you can't add, subtract, multiply, and divide. This right here is the problem with school boards. They have one job and one job only, and that is to stay in the black financially. That's it. That's their only job. It's the only thing they have to do. Now, if you ask them, is this the only thing you have to do? They, of course, would say, oh, no, we wear lots of hats. That old cliche phrase or saying, we spin lots of plates. They say all this crap, and they believe it, which of course leads to the results that they have now, which is they're insolvent and no one likes them, because again, they're communists. Kathleen Knight Abowitz specifically 
has been called a Maoist. That was a nickname of hers when she was a professor at Miami University. A Maoist. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a compliment. That's not a compliment. She's telling everybody again that she's a dummy. This right here proves it. She accepts no responsibility for being on the board for the last, whatever it is, four years. She has no idea what she's doing. Well, it's because of the other voters, and they just don't want to give us money. But it's not our job to balance the budget. and You know, it's, they just falsely blame us and blah, blah, blah. Then you've got this guy, Chris Otto. Chris Otto is an empty suit. He's useless. The guy's useless. Born and bred here. Never left. Uh, if I had to take a guess, you, you know, yeah, he, he, yeah, it's, he's useless. Here's what he said, quote, school boards deal with a lot of issues. And I think the big issue right now is definitely the finances with the levy failing. <laughs> with the levy failing. No. What were you doing before the levy? You were taking in COVID cash spending it on new windows for buildings instead of giving that money back to the government and saying, we don't need it. We don't need it. And then every single program, again, that comes in that's communist, they all accept it. They all love it. SEL, DEI, all, the, all this crap, all of it. It costs money. And they pay people to do these things and facilitate this. Superintendent hasn't taken a pay cut, neither has the treasurer. They haven't taken pay cuts to their salaries. They haven't taken pay cuts to their insurance either. They're not paying more. Their cell phones are paid for. Their gasoline is paid for, allegedly. A lot of other things are paid for for them. But nope. It's all because of the voters and because they don't want their property taxes increased. Now, this guy apparently has done budgeting and analysis work professionally for over 30 years, it says, in the budget office at Miami University and serving on the school board for almost eight years. This guy can't add, subtract, multiply, and divide. The final quote for him, it says, quote, I just want to continue giving back to the community, and I think this is a great way to do that. There are some really good candidates on the ballot, and I hope I can get elected again. You're a fool. You're a fool. Not to mention, if he's involved with the budgeting of Miami University, look what's happening with universities all across the nation. They're in debt millions of dollars, tens if not hundreds of millions, and their enrollment is rock bottom. Congratulations. <laughs> this is, again, I got to tell you, this is what happens when you believe lies. When you believe government lies and COVID lies and all this nonsense, you just do whatever they, they, they tell you to do. Here's the next one. Rebecca Howard, again. Never left, been here for a very long time. Uh, quote, here's a quote from her. School board seemed like a good fit based on the experience I've had, the knowledge base that I have, and the skills that I've learned. Well, good for you. She said this, quote, if all three of us are reelected, she's talking about the incumbents, we'll continue doing the work we've been doing together as a very functioning board. We don't always agree, but we treat, treat each other with respect. 
if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to be more insolvent than you already are. They don't even hear the words that are coming out of their own mouths. They're a very functioning board and work well together. That means you're in on it. That means you're all in on it. And you're all just Thelma and Louising the entire school off a cliff. Now, they've done it themselves already. The entire business nationwide has done it. But these people are stupid enough to hold on to the back bumper and follow that car off the cliff and then explode at the bottom. She has no idea what she's saying. She finally wrapped up with this, quote, A good tone for how this district needs to move forward is that we need to be honest, we need to be transparent, and we need to respect everybody involved, and we need to be held accountable, she said. I believe I've delivered that. You're a fool. Again, <laughs> they, don't, they don't hear. They don't hear the words out of their own mouths. I'm telling you, I think the jab cognitive, de- I think the cognitive decline among the jabbed is arguably the largest intentional side effect of the jabs. I truly believe it. These people, again, uh, they're not listening to themselves. They're not even thinking about what they're going to say before they say it. And then there's three individuals running against those three individuals that I just mentioned. There's an Ivan Carver, an Andrew Langs, Langs, Langsner, uh, and a Don King. This Don King woman apparently graduated with my brother a couple of years before me. Um, here's the thing. Let me let me do a little rundown of who we think's jabbed. Ivan Carver works from home and works for Dell Computers. I think he's jabbed. He might not be, but whatever. You got this other guy, this Langsner, doesn't even live in the town, uh, doesn't have kids in the district, not that you need to, but here's what he says, quote, it's just an awesome place to raise your kids. I want to be a part of really tapping into the potential that our school district presents. We've got a great community. What I'd like to see is the school board really building those bridges between the community, school district, and the different and diverse groups of people and mindsets and cultures we have in the area. This guy's an idiot. He's a leftist moron. There's no other way around it. Uh, and then you've got this Don King. Well, first of all, the Ian Carver guy is running on being basically a business-minded guy. He says, look, you need a business person in here, you know, because clearly you don't have one. Uh, they don't know how to balance the budget. They, they're misappropriating funds, a thousand other things. You need a business person, not a school person. I tend to think he's right. Joke's on him, of course. They claim to have one with Chris Otto. I mean, this guy's been in the budget and finance uh, department of Miami University for quite some time, and he doesn't know how to add and subtract. So. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, 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 it's a losing scenario regardless of, of how you, you draw it out. Then you have this Dawn King woman who again, uh, works as a research microbiologist for the United States Environmental Protection Agency. So she's jabbed. 
Uh, quote, if you do a simple Google Maps search, all three of the incumbents running again live within one square mile of each other, and our district is 144 square miles. So she's making the implication that they live too close to one another, therefore they're not representing the larger whole. Well, I think that's a, you know, that's a petty argument. I understand that it, it, it's a gossipy argument and it might, you know, it might matter to, to some, but they're politically, uh, they're political ideologues who agree with one another. So that's really the larger problem. It has less to do, I think, with their address and more to do with the fact that they don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, let's see. She says, I really think that if we're going to bring the district back together, then first we're going to need to be financially stable. So she's interested in, again, fixing things from a financial standpoint. If Don King went to the same high school I did, which she apparently did, um, she should know that the school district has always been shit. And it will always be. It's never been an academically successful environment. None of them really are. I mean, let's face it. They're learning lies. Uh, the curriculum is false. And a thousand other things. They're being, you know, they're being told things that aren't real. They're, they're having an emphasis played on uh, hive mind group mentality, and they stomp out individualism anywhere that they can. So you're not going to find it within these environments no matter what. In fact, it was the Ivan Carver guy who is, again, works for Dell Computers or Dell Technologies and is running on a business model. Uh, he openly stated that he's interested in, and it sort of sounded, uh, I guess I'd say half-assed. It's kind of a half-assed explanation, but he said, we need to have outside committees that are built you know, with, with parents and, uh, and, and students to talk about curriculum and redoing curriculum. It's pretty evident he doesn't understand how, how school districts and curriculum operate. That comes from the state level. You don't have a choice on curriculum. That's why the phrase school choice exists, so that you can leave the environment where you have no say in what you're learning. And you can learn it on your own whenever you want, day in and day out, for as long as you want. That's, of course, homeschooling. That's the homeschooling environment. So. He's wrong on that. You can't have a committee that talks about curriculum and somehow tries to take curriculum back from the back from the state government. It doesn't work that way. And the people writing it, I might add, at the state level, they know exactly what they're doing. They are brainwashed. And they are perpetuating the old stories and the false history and the fake science and all of that generation after generation after generation and you need the misled and the brainwashed to deliver and create that false curriculum, which is exactly what's happening. There's nothing in a K-12 school that a, that a student learns that's real. They even, again, you, you know this, but they were even, of course, years ago, were trying to get people to question math problems and question whether or not 2 plus 2 does really equal 4. Maybe if I feel like it doesn't today, then maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's racist. This is, you know, this is the state of affairs. You can't fix this kind of stuff. Uh, and again, this stretches into this, frankly. I'm pretty much done with that, but this also stretches right into the substack. The thing that these six people don't understand, and the current individuals who are not running, who are still on the board, including the superintendent, of course, and the, and the treasurer, the jabs are the thread 
that runs through the entire thing. What do you think these people are going to do when they start dropping dead from injecting themselves with a biological weapon in the coming weeks, months, years? How are they going to clean that up? How are they going to fix that? They have no idea what they've done to themselves physically. They have no idea what they suggested the public do, even though I publicly reminded them. And they have no idea what's coming. Not a clue. These are the same environments that believe all the false shootings. These are the same environments that believe everything that government tells them. I'm sorry. You can't, you can't fix that. So it's sort of the, uh, what do you call it? It's, new, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. The old line from the who. It's the same kind of thing. Except they might not be, you know, the, inco- the newcomers, so to speak, who are running against these incumbents may not be quite as evil, although one of them is allegedly uh, closely tied with the president of the school board, who's an absolute abomination. So they sort of have a spy worked in there. And I think it's the bearded guy, if I had to take a guess. I'd say it's this Andrew uh, Langsner kind of guy. He seems a little. He's just got a dishonest face. But either way, the point is is that they don't know what they've done to themselves, what they've suggested, and what's coming. They have no clue. And you all know this just like I do. The American K-12 environment is as reactionary as it can possibly get. These are not critical thinkers. These are people who trust government have worked for government, worked for corporations, or worked in the, in the education business and still do to some extent, which means they're still brainwashed. And the jabs are the ever-present thread that run through the whole thing, and they're not going to be able to manage that. In fact, that's one of the many reasons why I say you need to leave these environments. Because when that continues to occur, and the jab continues to be the, the fire starter, in these environments and the illness and the death and the so on and the so on. When that continues to be the case in these environments, you don't want to be anywhere near them. I mean, the only, well, I'm not, it's not the only position that would be terrible, but certainly an incoming school board member in the next five years is going to have their hands full. Because as enrollment drops, who are they going to invite in? If you said illegal aliens, you would be correct. Because it's legal. It's legal to have illegal aliens here and to enroll them within these schools, which I'm sure is exactly what they already have and certainly what they have planned down the line, whether they know it or not. That that's the larger plan that exists at the at the at the country level and the State Department of Education level, and of course the Federal Department of Education too, that Everybody deserves an education, including these individuals from Kenya and Morocco who can't speak a word of English and don't know how to take a shower and bathe themselves and a thousand other things. But they need to be in your math class, learning math, and they need to be learning American history. Yes, they can't read English, and yes, they can't write and spell, but whatever. They need to be in there anyway. This is not going to be a safe environment. And to use their term, it's not sustainable. It's just not going to be. So good luck. Uh, you're, all, you're all screwed one way or another.
There's just no way around it. They're not taking into account that we're at war. They don't even know wars going on. <laughs> that's 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 the biggest thing right there. They don't even know that a war is taking place. Beyond ridiculous. All right. There is also this. You heard me mention and have heard me mention the school district where my niece and nephew attend uh, in Westerville, Ohio. Again, a little little city north uh, northeast of Columbus, Ohio. I watched their last board meeting, which was about 30 minutes long. Again, no public comments. No one shows up to these meetings and scolds these people. Nobody. It's really embarrassing. I mean, that right there should, should prove to you that the people who attend these school districts are so brainwashed and so enamored with the quote-unquote hard work of the school district that they, uh, they never show up and complain about anything. They're all, they're all out to lunch mentally. So this was rather revealing and really, I think, an, again, a huge buoy in the water, a giant red flag and a huge flare in the sky. Their treasurer started to talk about their insurance costs. And here's exactly what's happening with their insurance costs and the increases. Westerville City Schools for All Employees, and it's one of the largest school districts in the state of Ohio, their insurance costs among all employees are increasing this year by 13.2%. That's enormous. Their dental is going up 3%, and their vision insurance is going up 9%. Do you want to hear the quote that the treasurer said as to the reason why this was the case? She said, quote, It's just the way the market is right now. Unquote. No, that's not it. That's not why. It's not an accident or a just happenstance as to why it's a dramatic 13.2% increase in everyone's medical insurance. It's because you all took the jabs, you're all sick, and you're all using your insurance more than you've used it in past years. So let's ask that question, which is rhetorical. What have you done over the last three years that you didn't do the three previous before? Did you inject yourself with at least two rounds of a biological weapon and you can't for the life of you figure out why you're constantly ill? Why you're going to the doctor, urgent care, the hospital, more times every year? That's why insurance has gone up. The individuals who were already unhealthy were, the, were likely to buy into the COVID lie. Now, we know that American K-12 schools are notorious for having individuals work within them who are remarkably unhealthy. Overweight, alcoholism, drug addiction, smoking, poor diet, no exercise, you name it. Pick one. Notorious. For being unhealthy, notorious for numerous doctor visits over the course of year after, you know, numerous years. But what's occurred over the last three years here? Biological weapons 
that have been masquerading as medicine to prevent them from something that doesn't exist. This is why they're becoming insolvent. This is why they're not providing pay raises to school teachers, and they're taking away more of their take-home pay. A 13.2% increase across your medical insurance is enormous. And if you think they're the only district in the United States that's experiencing that, I'm telling you, they're, I mean, they're not. This is across the board. The work of Ed Dowd alone, as the former BlackRock employee or BlackRock investor or whatever, whatever his exact title was, he's been paying attention to the insurance companies for a very long time. Numerous people have. But again, if you said Ed Dowd to any of these people, they would have no idea who he is. Ladies and gentlemen, these people don't even know that Rumble is a streaming platform. As I said in the last episode, if you sat them down and simply asked, okay, do you know any of these platforms? Do you know Gab, Telegram, BitChute, and Rumble? They would say, what are those? Are those diseases? Is that the new COVID variant? It must be the new COVID variant. Oh God, I need to go get my next shot. That's what they would say. Because they're not well. They're making themselves insolvent, step by step, by believing government lies. And government, of course, means mind control. So how's that working? How's that going? <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, it can't get more obvious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I see it crystal clear. And only God gives me this kind of clarity. But it's crystal clear. It's right here. It's right in front of us. The, the stats on these kinds of things don't lie. They don't lie. Hell, you, you heard me talk about my car insurance. My car insurance payments have skyrocketed. I've never been in a car accident. Not ever. Knock on wood. But I've never been in one. Everybody knows that if you're in a car accident, your, your, your car insurance monthly payments go up. And even if you change companies, they'll typically be a little bit higher because you have a history of being in a car accident. So all I did was change insurance companies for my car insurance, and my car insurance payments are now 30 to $40 less than what they were previously. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not injected with anything. Neither is my car. My car doesn't have COVID. My car hasn't been to the doctor. But these, it doesn't matter the kind of insurance. It almost doesn't matter. They're, they're raising all of them. And it's a giant intentional. But yes, some of it is self-inflicted. Certainly the medical industry and the medical insurance. They're doing it themselves. Now, as far as the university level is concerned, I have two stories here. One Sicily sent me, and this other one is a local one, from the local Miami University newspaper, which, again, is an abomination, and it's all just leftist-jabbed, brainwashed students that write this stuff. But you're going to love the excuses in this story as to the university's enrollment and why it is where it is and what the cause is. Again, they, they don't know. And the people, you know, the students who write these papers will ask the school employees, believing that the school employees and the, and the tops of, of these universities, in particular Miami University, are going to tell them the truth. What they, of course, don't understand is, is they don't have any grasp of corruption. The students that write in these papers have no grasp of that whatsoever. 
and that if you ask a university official a politically charged question, they're going to give you their public relations answer. They're going to give you the politically correct public relations answer that they want everybody to believe. So here's the title of the article. This was just written the other day. Miami holds on to enrollment rates as national decline hits colleges across the country. So how is that possible? How is it possible that a, that a university in Southwest Ohio, which has been notorious for being remarkably expensive, has increased its tuition rates? specifically for incoming freshmen this year, the highest that they've ever been. They ostracized endless students with the COVID lies, the mask wearing, the demoralization, and the shot taking. You couldn't come here if you didn't have two jabs back in 2021. By the fall of 2021, you had to have two jabs to attend here, which means everybody's got AIDS. But they're boasting now by saying, well, we've held on to our enrollment, but other places aren't. Ladies and gentlemen, if you drive around this campus, it's empty. So they're lying to one another and they're lying to themselves because they have to, because it's gaslighting. They don't want your eyes to believe what they're actually seeing. So they have to tell you the exact opposite to try to trick you. And that, of course, is psychological abuse. So this was written by an Olivia Patel, and this particular gal uh, also has a little political podcast for the Miami student, which is really not good at all. Um, you know, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but anyway, here's what it says, quote, for-profit and community colleges are facing declining college admissions year after year as the number of students seeking a path of higher education declines nationally. The two main reasons for this phenomenon are a continuous dropping birth rate leading to an overall smaller demographic of students and the fact that fewer and fewer students are graduating from high school. This trend is impacting college admissions all around the country but not here in Oxford. I could spend a whole episode on that paragraph by itself. Do you see how she bookends out and squeezes out the real problem? She's blaming it on a lack of high school graduates, which is horseshit. That's not it. And then she's blaming it on a lowered birth rate among current generations. Now, let's examine that first, the birth rate. She has a point. Yes, there is a lowered birth rate. Children are, or parents are having one child instead of two, or not having any, whatever it is. That is true. But less high school students graduating from high school? No. Olivia, allow me to educate you. People don't want to attend university environments because they lie to people. They always have, and the populace is waking up. Slowly and slowly, day by day, year by year, they're waking up. 
They don't want copious amounts of student debt upon graduation with a useless piece of paper in their hands with a degree of some kind. They're not interested in that. They're going right into the workforce after high school. That's what's happening. Only the real brainwashed tend to attend these universities in this day and age. I know that's a harsh criticism of the people who attend colleges and universities, but ladies and gentlemen, an awake person can't possibly do that in this day and age right now, knowing that at the drop of a hat, any university could put into place a mask mandate or bring back jab rollouts. Keep in mind, these are still environments that are forcing flu shots on incoming freshmen. And what's in the flu shots these days? Not good stuff. Never has been. But now you have mRNA nanotech. But if you were to say this in front of Olivia, her jaw would drop. She'd call you a conspiracy theorist. These are facts. Again, they don't want the debt either on their way out that they have to you know, spend the next 20 years paying off. It continues here. It says, Brent Schock, Vice President for Enrollment Management and Student Success, said Miami University saw a record number of students enroll following the pandemic with a first-year class of 4,504 students in 2021, pulled from a pool of more than 36,000 applicants. This was a 14% increase from the year prior, a dramatic jump from the pre-pandemic years where admissions barely reached the 4,000 mark. I don't believe him. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't believe that. I drive around campus and I see next to no one. There is ample parking everywhere. And it's not because students don't have vehicles. That's not it. You can physically see less students. So he's lying because he has to, because he's in the enrollment management business. It says, according to the Office of Institutional Research and Effectiveness, Miami received 29,999 applications for first-year admission in the fall of 2021 with 4,519 students enrolled. Out of the near 30,000 applications, 15% of all applications ended in an enrollment, I'm sorry, ended in an enrolled Miami student. In 2023, Miami received 33,912 applications and 4,046 became Miami students. The percentage of applications that became Miami students decreased from 15 to 11.9% from 2021 to 2023. And again, it shows a slight change in the amount. I don't believe these numbers. I'm sorry, I just don't. Um, there are way less, gosh, at least 1,500 less Chinese students who are here now also. And that's where, of course, they were gaining most of their money, as I've said in past episodes. They gain, universities gain most of their money from foreigners. That's, that's the way that it goes. So what's going to happen when they start enrolling illegals? They're going to look at the illegal and say, what country of origin are you from? And they're going to say whatever they're going to say. The Congo. 
and they're going to go check on Congo on the application. That means we're going to get more federal money, more state money, because you came from the Congo. Yes, you're illegal, but we'll get more cash. These people disgust me. I'm sorry. They, they just disgust me. The article's very long. Uh, it's, it's not worth it. It really isn't worth it. Um, yeah. You got a business major being quoted here. College is the only path for me all my life. It's been the only path. Well, now you're trapped in it, big boy. And if you're jabbed, you have AIDS. So good luck becoming a business owner. It's just, it's, it's depressing. And, uh, you know, the lying is why we are here ultimately. That's really, that's really why we're here. We're here because of the lying and the people believing the lies. There's also this, which again contradicts old Olivia Patel's article uh, for the Miami student. This is from WND. It is titled University Guts Academic Programs Eliminates Over 100 Jobs Amid Budget Troubles. Yep. It says the West Virginia University. WVU Board of Governors voted Friday to remove 28 academic programs and 143 faculty positions to address a $45 million budget deficit, the Wall Street Journal reported. The public university will cut most foreign language courses, graduate degrees in higher education administration, and a PhD in mathematics, along with faculty positions within its School of Law, Mathematical, and Data Science and Public Health. The board came to a decision with little discussion as protesters' shouts interrupted the meeting, according to the Wall Street Journal. The university has struggled financially with a 10% drop in admission since since 2015, income lost due to the COVID-19 pandemic, no, that's not it, and the debt from new building projects, which, by the way, continues to occur on most college campuses and university campuses. They keep building new buildings. I mean, they're spending like it's going out of style, and they can't bring students here. (laughs) It's amazing. It's just amazing. It says the board approved cuts in June that removed 132 staff positions in 12 graduate and doctorate programs, according to the Associated Press. Spending it West Virginia University increased by 38% from 20, 2002 rather to 2022, or 29% per student. Due to the increase in expenditure, the state funding being cut in half, the university reported to tuition revenue to cover growing costs. Quote, we did not plan to grow the university on the basis of our budget, said the president. E. Gordon G. At a faculty assembly meeting, we planned with the hope that we would grow and uh, grow that, and then our budget would follow. Well, sorry, you can't spend and build things assuming that everybody's going to be there. What happened to the old "save some money for a rainy day" mentality? What happened to that? It says students and faculty protested the board's decision with signs saying, vote for me, vote, to freeze. I don't know what the hell that even means. Vote for me, vote, to freeze. And chanting, stop the cuts. (laughs) It's just, 
they're they're advocating for their own slavery. That's the best part. You know, they're cutting programs like uh, gender studies, and it's the gender studies students that are screaming to have it stay in place, not knowing that the degree they're paying for will lead nowhere. It's incredible. They're 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 too brainwashed. They're just too brainwashed. Uh, it says the relations between faculty and administration have diminished since the proposed cuts were released publicly. The faculty assembly passed a vote of no confidence in G. Well, too bad. While G accused faculty of spreading false narratives about the school's revenue and debt, according to the Wall Street Journal. See, they're eating themselves now. The, the liberal snake always eats its own tail. I find it, I find it delightful. You kind of sit back and you just watch the entire thing cave in. But it's happening, and they're in a damn thing they can do to stop it because there's too many brainwashed people. And again, COVID, right? COVID. They blame COVID, but they don't know why they're blaming it. It's not because there was some invisible illness floating around in the sky. That's not it. It's because they believe the fake, false lie of the government narrative. And they took it again, right off the cliff with Thelma and Louise. Same thing. You can't come back from that level of lying and that level of deception. Again, they've killed themselves, literally, professionally, financially, you name it. They've done themselves in and they don't even know it. So, you know, that's a battlefield that we have to stay away from. It's a battlefield that I, of course, expose on this show with regularity, but it's one that individuals have got to keep their kids away from. Because almost by default now, if you attend a college or a university, you're showing people that you know where you're sending your kids and that that's okay, that, that basically that's okay. It, again, it, it ties back to the book, Live Not By Lies. Same kind of thing. If you know it's a poisonous environment, don't go, because the only people going are people who don't know it's a poisonous environment. Okay, jab-related stuff. I know it's kind of all been jab-related to some extent, but as you know, it is the thread that runs through just about everything these days. Uh, this is an article from AARP, and I gotta hand it to them. AARP is going all in. I mean, they are all in on everybody getting jabbed. They want to kill off as many of their clients as humanly possible. This was written on September 13th, so it's a little old, but uh, it is titled, Five Things to Know About the Co New COVID-19 Vaccines. It says, who's eligible for shots, what they cost, and when to get one, and more. And they've got a giant picture of a huge cartoon syringe. How inviting. It says health officials have approved a new batch of COVID-19 vaccines that are making their way into pharmacies and health clinics throughout the U.S. Very quickly, you may recall uh, a previous AARP article that I read that was called the Triple-Demic. We all need to watch out for the Triple-Demic. It's COVID flu and RSV, the respiratory syncytial virus. Oh, God, watch out. All this made-up stuff that floats around in the air and doesn't exist. We all need to inject ourselves to the brim in order to prevent ourselves from getting ill from something that isn't real. Uh, 
Okay, sorry. Here we go. It says, quote, Here's what you need to know about the new shots from Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech, including how, how can, who can, rather, I can read, who can get them, what to expect, and when you roll up your sleeve. Very quickly, would somebody tell me who the first person it was that popularized that saying, roll up your sleeve? I mean, I know that it was it was the uh, the tagline that every politician would say across the world. I mean, I know that, but I want to meet the idiot who actually said, "Okay, here's what we're going to say across the world for generations to come, and certainly the years to come." Roll up your sleeve. That didn't exist when I was a kid. Nobody said that. That wasn't some tagline on a on a on a poster board someplace or on a billboard or on the side of a bus. Roll up your sleeves, everybody. It's creepy as hell. Uh, it says, number one, the new vaccines target the XBB.1.5 variant. No, they don't. <laughs> because it's not real. It's not real. Over the summer, health officials made the decision to, I can't, you almost have to laugh reading every word of this, uh, to update the old COVID boosters to better target newer strains of the virus. That were circulating. They chose to go with XBB.1.5. They just randomly picked it out of a jar, which was driving infections at the time. While the strain is no longer particularly active in the United States, well, that's quite an admission of something that isn't real. Many of its close relatives are. Oh, of course. There's an extended family. How could I forget? They all get together on Thanksgiving and kill one another. And data shows that the updated shots will help you curb infection and illness caused by them. This is important because the variants currently circulating, the EG5 or ARIS, are better at evading immunity afforded by the older bivalent boosters. Plus, it's been a year since those vaccines became available, so their protection has waned in many people who received them. I, you know. I almost don't want to. Well, all right. I'm going to read this whole thing. I'm so sorry. It's just so disgusting. There's a direct quote from a nitwit here. Quote, The updated vaccines are very important in that regard to assure that people do have adequate immunity to the newer variants they are, that are evolving. This David Montefiore, director of the Laboratory for HIV and COVID-19 Vaccine Research and Development. Don't forget that word. The word development is in his laboratory. What are you developing exactly? At Duke University Medical Center, said in a recent media briefing on the topic. So, he's a murderer. Here's number two. Almost everyone should get the new shot, especially older adults. Translation, everybody should get the new shot because we want the old people to die, especially the old people. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention is recommending that individuals six months, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, newborns, and older, get the shot this fall. Very quickly, if you know an infant, you'd better tell them, and well, not the infant, because they won't understand, 
although their parents might be infants mentally. But please tell the parents that they're going to murder their child if they inject them with any of this, ever. That's going to happen. Parents are going to do this to their six-month-olds. And they will die. There's no way around that. It says, and while children are not immune to to severe illness caused by COVID-19, data reviewed by the CDC advisors show that individuals ages 6 months to 49 years with no underlying conditions are still being hospitalized for COVID-19. Experts say the shots are especially important for older adults who are at a higher risk for severe illness. Ugh. The lies, ladies and gentlemen, the lies. It says more than 2,600 people in the U.S. are hospitalized each day with COVID-19. No, they're not, according to the CDC data. And the rate among older adults towers over younger, over younger age groups, it says. Here's another medical doctor sticking their foot in their mouth. Uh, quote, as we age, we all go through a process of what's called Immuno, oh, for God's sakes, immunosensences, I don't know, uh, which is the sort of stagnation of our immune system or the forgetfulness of our immune system when it comes to remembering things that we were previously capable of fighting off and capable of having good immunity to, says Cameron Wolf, MD an infectious disease specialist at Duke Health and an associate professor at the Duke University School of Medicine. Oh my God. Everything that they just said is a lie. More lies. Immunosensis. I, I got nothing on that. That means nothing. Your immune system doesn't forget what to do. The shots you take hijack your DNA, keeping it from doing the thing it's supposed to do. My grandparents lived into their 90s. They didn't take shots. They were fine. Not according to this guy, though. The older you get, your immune system forgets what it needs to do. So you need to take shots to keep your immune system intact. No. The shots destroy your DNA, which regulates all body systems, including your immune system. I've played the audio on the show. The last episode, there was that doctor who goes, yeah, we're seeing kids who can't fight off basic infection who are jabbed. Hello? That was on Fox News, too. It says, in, in addition to less robust immune defenses, older adults are, more, are also more likely to have chronic health conditions that can cause complications with COVID-19. No. Nope. Not unless you're jabbed. Finally, number three, and I promise this wraps up. Well, there's not, well, there's, yeah, there's two more points. Sorry. We're getting to the end though. I promise. The vaccine side effects are the same. (laughs) Unbelievable. Here we go. Deep breath. There's nothing new to report when it comes to side effects. 
Data reviewed by health regulators shows that the side effects some people experience when getting a new COVID-19 vaccine are in line with the older versions. I'm sorry, what? Common symptoms include pain or swelling at the injection site, headache, fatigue, muscle pain, chills, fever, or nausea. First of all, those are the most mild, and that alone means you've been poisoned. Second of all, how about death? How about ripping full-blown blood clots out of people? How about amputation? How about turbo cancer? Myocarditis, permanent heart damage, which is a death sentence. It goes on and on. The CDC says ibuprofen, acetaminophen, aspirin, and antihistamines can help relieve these symptoms after your shot. No. Believe it or not, ibuprofen and all those antihistamines and everything else, they're all poison, but there's a reason they're taking Sudafed and Benadryl off of the shelves. It's because once you take those, if you become ill and you're unjabbed, they can help alleviate the symptoms of, be- of being ill. They can help. Not, they typically don't. I don't recommend drugs if you're ill. I recommend natural, uh, you know, natural remedies always. But that's one of the major reasons why they took that off the shelf is because they don't want you to even think about having it. They want you to rely now on the shots as your medicine. Again, wrap your head around that. Number four, it says, you can get your COVID and flu shot at the same time. Uh, Many experts are encouraging individuals to get both the new COVID vaccine this year's and this year's flu shot at the same time. Oh, please, city council, do it. Please, school board, do it. Do it. Do it. Get them both at the same time. AARP and the CDC say so. Government says so. You have to do it then. Like with COVID-19, older adults are at high are at high risk for serious illness from the flu. Flu doesn't exist. Approximately 90% of flu-related deaths and 50 to 70% of hospitalizations occur among adults 65 and older, according to the CDC. It's because they're jabbed. Going in for both shots at once will save you a trip, and it'll kill you. Since the ideal time to get the flu shot is in September or October. Plus, studies show that the vaccines won't impact the effectiveness of one another. Well, of course not, because they're both ineffective. So they're not going to they're not going to impact any effectiveness. Not not when it comes to positive health, the effectiveness of the shots is their intention. And their intention is to kill you. And finally number 5, vaccines are still free for most. It says that the federal government has said that it plans to temporarily cover the costs of the vaccines for an estimated 25 to 30 million adults without insurance through a temporary bridge program run by the CDC. This will also cover the cost of the shots for underinsured people whose health plans don't cover vaccines. 
Uh, blah, blah, blah. It says, without any coverage, the list price for the vaccines are expected to run between $120 and $130. Well, they're free for everybody because they want everybody dead. I wouldn't be surprised in the future if they attempt to charge people to make a little extra cash, more than they're already making, but either way, it's astounding. By the way, the, uh, I need to mention this too. The UK is ramping up their lies also. I'm starting to see more posts online uh, that they're, they're putting up random, you know, uh, bio COVID slash quarantine tents around the UK in, in an effort to, again, visually scare people in what they're calling the NIMPA virus, N-I-P-A-H. It's a lie doesn't exist, not real. More international news also. I have to read this. This is interesting. And again, this is a courageous person. It's a little late, but at least they're saying something. This, is, uh, th- this particular article is titled, Professor Fukushima Addresses a Tremendous Crisis of Vaccine-Related Harm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to read his statement here, but just as an intro, it says this. Professor Masanori Fukushima first reached international attention in November of 2022 when he attended an extraordinary session in the House of Representatives in Tokyo to challenge the Japanese Ministry of Health on the harms their interventions were causing. And by interventions, of course, he means shots. As an oncologist, uh, pharmacoepidemiologist, sorry, pharmacoepidemiologist, Clinical trials and regulatory affairs scientists, Professor Fukushima joins the growing number of qualified professionals with highly relevant experience who have been sounding the alarm about the dangers of the medical products unleashed onto populations worldwide. Here is his statement quote, My name is Fukushima, and I am the president of the study group on vaccine problems. The official name of the study group is Japanese Society for Vaccine-Related Complications. As a doctor and as a scientist, I am gravely aware that we are facing a tremendous crisis right now. I could say that this crisis has just begun. This is a crisis of democracy. Eh. Yes, it is, because people who believe in democracy are crazy. Um, He says the people's right to access information is completely undermined. The government adopts a shameless attitude to keep disregarding the basic human rights, such as the right to pursue happiness and the right to live, that are protected under the Japanese Constitution. This is absolutely unacceptable. As you can see in the materials handed to you, honest scholars have documented numerous vaccine-related harms and injuries, etc., at their academic conferences. The number of vaccine harms reported at the academic conference is many hundreds, quote-unquote. This is not just an unusual situation. Nothing like this has ever happened before. What vaccines are causing is not drug-related harms. Total Total incomplete substance called a nucleic acid medicine, which is in fact not even a medicine, was distributed to the public. So what happened as a result? I dare say murder. We could say that a massacre has occurred. 
This is more like a holocaust caused by a bioweapon. What is happening now? Something very sloppy and half-baked has been released into the, onto the world. Trillions of public money was wasted on that half-baked product. Under the circumstances, I seriously believe that the raison d'etre, I don't know what that means, the reason for existence, apparently, of scientists, doctors, and citizens is now being tested. So I announced that the spirit of our group, which I would say is the soul of the vaccine problem study group, is patient first, facts as is is, face reality of physician and scientist, or the, rea- or the reason for existence there for physicians and scientists. Now I will provide the official mission statement of the vaccine study group. We will address the post-vaccination syndrome. According to the international classification, this is classified as adverse drug reaction. It is high time to deliver appropriate medical care to patients affected by post-vaccination syndrome in a truly serious manner. It is not too late. Immediately, all doctors, all scientists needs, need to face this huge problem, unquote. Yep. Over here in the States, we call it VADES. Just saying. But we call it VADES over here in the States. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it up. Here's what I'm going to link in the description below. You have got to watch this. This is mandatory homework for this listening audience. You've heard me mention with regularity the history of the virology lie and all of the history, again, that is associated with it, where real illness comes from, etc., etc. I've mentioned the book. I'm looking behind me because it's on the old bookshelf there. Um, the Truth About Contagion, written by Dr. Thomas Cowan. On the most recent episode of the Five Docs on the Critically Thinking channel on Rumble, Dr. Lee Merritt provides a approximately hour and a half, hour and 20 minute presentation. It's a slideshow, a PowerPoint presentation with her talking over top of it. She goes through the entire history of all of it. Vaccines, uh, the virology lie. Contagion, the whole thing. Again, she is friends with Dr. Dr. Cowan. They know each other. They agree on all of this. You know, Dr. Tenpenny wouldn't provide this kind of a presentation, but Dr. Merritt does, and it's fantastic. It is titled Electromagnetic Disease and the Pandemic of 1918. I will link it in the description below. Again, it's mandatory. You've got to see this. It's incredible. And this is one of those episodes, again, that I highly recommend sharing with other people, in, not, not mine necessarily, but certainly uh, this critically thinking episode. It's, it's fantastic. It'll, again, this is the education your children would never receive in a K-12 or university setting. This is an education that no one's receiving in medical school. This is the factual information that no one is receiving at the university level regarding anything. So all the more reason, I think. If you want to be on the right side of history, you got to know what the real history is, and this is it. So I will link that in the description below. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. The fight goes on.
The constant threads uh, continue to pop up, and they are not going away. So with that said, I'll catch you on Wednesday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.